animals, bipeds, quadrupeds, feathered and furry friends. I share in your sadness, the bloodshed of your brothers, even that of the traitors and criminals, even that bloodshed leaves a bitter taste, a taste that will be hard to forget. However, we must. Animal Castle, Volume 1, by Xavier Dorison, art by Felix Dilep. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me, as always, is my proletariat-loving mouse. The one, the only. All podcasts are equal, Josh, but some podcasts are more equal than others. Travis Rats here. <laughs> Travis Rats and I coming at you with the Comic Exposure Podcast. On the podcast, Travis and I dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or we talk about what's going on in the world of comic books or all sorts of, you know, nerd stuff. On this episode, you are in for a comic book club episode. That's right, folks. It's just like Oprah's book club, which I believe is a like a really old reference. I don't <laughs> think Oprah does her book club anymore, but Travis and I have read a book and we want to share you share with you our insights. We read Animal Castle Volume 1 by <clears throat> Xavier Dorison and Felix Delep. I think they're French, but I don't know. Uh, I would uh, say uh, from this the the book in the art style pencils yes. uh, and the undertones. It feels yeah. Feels European. French. Feels European. Yeah. yeah. Uh out on a comic uh publisher ablaze that I've never heard of before. Uh, so Xavier or Javier is the writer. The artist is Felix Dele. And uh, we've got some colors by both Felix and Jessica Bedard. Um, oh, and this was translated. It says translation by uh, oh, there Ivanka Heimberger. Lettering by Tom Napolitano. So yeah, this is... Like, yeah, I'm curious as to... I'm Now I have to know... Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was translated. Yeah. But in, in, it, we're diving into it today. And uh, we've been, you know, we're trying to knock around, like, what books are we going to do? It's almost summertime. We do our big summer theme. And we wanted to pick a book to kind of, like, end our run before we go into summer. And so we wanted to do something not superhero. We wanted to do something that wasn't post-apocalyptic because that seems to be all we read. So or that's, that, that took away 98% of the comments out <laughs> yeah. there. So, so there was only if it's, if it's, two choices left. <laughs> if it's a crime, we didn't, couldn't do a crime book. We've done a million of those. We couldn't do a superhero book because that's what the summer's about. Yep. And then we couldn't do a post-apocalyptic wasteland story because every other book is that. So and Ed Brubaker doesn't have anything new, so we couldn't do that. No, so we couldn't do that. Uh, so we read Animal Castle out on a blaze. Um, it is uh, an allegory, a um, spin-off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it feels very. So, I mean, Travis, you you're you were an English teacher. Uh, Animal Farm, but yeah. this is Animal Castle, um, not communism, right? We're not getting that sort of communist 
uh, ideology that animal farm kind of, you know what I mean? We're not, mm. we're not getting comrades or anything like that. This seems to be a take on. This feels uh, more like the fable side than the allegory side. Cause that the direct links to right. certain um, policies feels- and dictators. Either um, like the French Revolution when we had a republic afterwards, or it feels, you know, when, when the republic wasn't great, or it feels very much like fascism. Maybe it's Italian, right? Maybe it's that, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Mussolini. Mussolini, right? That idea, it's a fascism is like, we're doing it for the state, the good of everyone, right? As, yeah. a, as opposed to, you know, the other idea. So, very political, very allegory. The story of a cat uh, trying to unite the animals on a castle that has been turned into a farm. Uh, and there are no people living there. Um, and it is run by a giant bull, Silvio. Doesn't Silvio the bull sound like it would be like a Simon and Garfunkel song? <laughs> it does. It does. Silvio the bull. <laughs> played in the field of daisies uh so silvio is the bull it is very much this um this story of trying to overcome the struggle there's talk like how do we get there's even a gandhi reference a little mouse comes and talks about gandhi and this is a story of trying to like overthrow uh peacefully your uh your powers oppressor. that be yeah the powers that be right so Travis, let's let's dig right into it. This is something we haven't read something like this in a mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. Um, we did read that book about the dogs and the serial killer. Stray dogs, um, yeah. Stray dogs. In fact, is, when you look at when you when you buy this online, it references that book, saying like, "Hey, if you like that world, that fable yes. kind of style." This feels very different than yeah. Stray Dogs. Yeah. Um, very. You replace all of these people with people, and you have like. Jean Valjean and like yeah, it's yeah. Les Mis, right? Yeah, yeah. It feels very, it feels very much like all of that. It does, and I think you're, I think you're right there. So a brief summary, as you just said there, basically all these animals on this farm are trying to uh, do this, but it's more of we're not watching a dictatorship develop like we do in the beginning of Animal Farm. We're kind of dropped right, right in the middle of it. Like the status quo is this is Silvio's dictator, and we're we're at the our ends with. Or wit's end. Yeah, and he and he has his he has his dogs, right? He has his you know enforcers. his brown shirts, his enforcers, yeah, right? His harem um, of calves. Yeah, <laughs> he. I think he just has one calf, and okay. it's odd. It's odd that there's a cow sex scene in this. It feels, that's the one part I was like, well, that's weird because nothing like that happened. Well, I guess the rabbit. It talks about that one a lot, but, but it's. Yeah, so I, I think that coming into it is you you I think you hit the nail on the head. It feels so familiar. Uh, yes. With a lot of just kind of political fables, right? Uh, whether they be with like uh, you know Dickens type characters or right. Animal Farm itself, where this feels like it lives in that same world. It feels like it maybe is like a farm down the street, <laughs> uh, and so and that is very apparent from the beginning of this book. So as I was reading it. It becomes like, oh, okay. I feel like I know what is being presented to me. So, yeah. Like now it becomes like, well, what are they offering? What, what is this offering? Right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I, I quite enjoyed this book. I'll, I'll just put my cards on the table at the beginning. I, I think I read this in two sittings. Um, 
the the art, which we'll talk about later, is uh, I would say Wonderful. fifty fifty split. <laughs> like you know, I I enjoyed the art. Uh, probably I enjoyed the writing in the story, but I I think I the the art is really what if if you did this exact story in a different style, like more cartoonish, uh, then I don't think it would work for me. There is something that is very old world. And, you know, now that we're seeing this French about this style, French or Italian, I can't, I don't know. I looked at the uh, thing and it was like where it was first published was like the Chateau and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's looks like it's France. I mean, it does feel, I mean, if you've read, I have a, I have a, a, Every once in a while, I will seek out sort of like European comics and French comics have this sort of feel to it, right? They have that that art style, that sort of watery coloring always, right? It doesn't, it's not as harsh as American colors. Uh, there's something, it's hard to 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 explain, but I, well, it feels the, French. <laughs> the French also aren't afraid to keep it like go PG-13 family and then yeah. drop har art. Like just like randomly in it, it doesn't, it doesn't fall. I, I feel like French comics, maybe this is like French art in general. It doesn't categorize itself by who it's for. Right. It is the story, and it will jump from uh, what we're always like. Oh, this is appropriate for these this people. This is appropriate for this group. This is appropriate for this thing. I feel like the French are just like. If the story is appropriate for whoever wants to fucking read it, you know? <laughs> who wants to read story, they read it. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you, Travis. It, it it really does. It is something that you you and I have read when we, you know, you read Animal Farm when you were in school. You Being a history major, like the amount of times I've read stuff about the French Revolution or, you know, what took place during World War II with fascism um, and sort of the revolutions in all sorts of places. Like one of the... I remember reading a book um, about French, the the French peasants revolting. And one of the things they did is they would do a parade and they would mock the church and they would use like dead rabbits and string them up and like mock church parades by doing this weird festival through the streets where they would dress up dead animals like the Pope, right? Like this very strange thing. Um, and all of these bits and pieces of this, and then there's a little bit of India in here as we're talking about Gandhi, right? Like you get that mouse who's actually telling them about and Gandhi. And, and that's and that's in the preface as well. I think that's important to note. So they do acknowledge in the preface of this book um, that, hey, we're borrowing heavily from Animal hey, you got Farm. A preface, you got a preface that I didn't get because I did read them in some Oh, issues. that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a one-page preface. Um, oh, nice. I get the little inside information. So it sets it up as like, okay, obviously the the animal farm, they mentioned the pigs, Napoleon and the French Revolution. But here is this uh, paragraph. I'm going to read this to you. But the 20th century is not just the story of a series of failures and aspirations for freedom and justice. In India, a frail little man, a half-naked fakir, that's how you pronounce that, right? Sure. Yeah. As Churchill once called him. Achieved the impossible, getting one of the greatest empires to give in. In the United States, a black reverend gave his life for his fight for e- for the fight for equality for the people of color. In South Africa, a political prisoner and leading by example, his example achieved an impossible reconciliation between blacks and Africans and avoided the bloodbath deemed inevitable. In Poland, a little electrician forces the people in power to bend. In Serbia, a young rocker. Uh, liberates his country from a bloodthirsty dictator. Of course, each of these were about different people, different countries, and different 
different situations. But one uh, would have to be blind not to see what they all have in common. None of these victories are achieved using arms, calls to hate, anger, or revenge. For their causes, these heroes are ready to die, not to kill. And that is the... the that is really the premise of yeah. this, right? Um, it feels very much like it's trying to tell you that side of a story, right? Like, what does it mean to topple a government without... Um, without resorting to violence, right? Yeah, and, it, and it, it's, it seems so obvious, right? It's a story that's right. been told before, but I don't think it's been told well recently. I feel like this whole like nonviolent revolution is, I, I, it just feels like it was omnipresent when we were growing up in all the lessons and we'd learn a new violent, a nonviolent like Gandhi or all these different uh, things, uh, people that were just mentioned. Yet now it feels like that isn't in the zeitgeist as much. This idea yeah. of like, hey, you're upset, you want change. Like, what can we do creatively and nonviolently? And what are you willing to sacrifice? What kind of what comforts are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah. To how 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 much do you care about this change? And what kind of comforts are you willing to sacrifice for it? And I think that's where this book hits a really strong chord with me of just yeah. watching these animals suffer so much in this book. Right. And in um in sometimes in some very brutal scenes, right? Like um it doesn't shy away from sort of like being graphic at times. You had mentioned this earlier. It doesn't shy away from the hurt of it, but then at times it it is funny, right? It gives it it plays it plays all sides of the story very well. And I, I think that's one of the things that I really appreciated it is there is some humor in it. There is that political sort of like, you know, that that historical political piece of it. And then there's that sort of like stark brutality that you see. It hits all of these notes and it hits them all very well. Uh, even for translated dialogue, the dialogue is I know that's very what good. Surprised me a, about learning it was translated. A couple times it feels a little foreign. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, you can feel it, right? Like a couple of the phrases. Um, but overall, I, I feel that it does that thing very well, right? It, 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 it bounces back and forth between, you know, um, the, the, the seriousness of it and then having bits and pieces that are kind of like humorous and poking at it, um, satire, right? Yeah. And then getting back to being serious again, it it does all that very well. Yeah, it 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 it, it it's educational and preachy without being educational and preachy. Um, at times, even our protagonists, you question their their motives and stuff like that. Like our young cat, at one point, yeah. you know, she is kind of uh, leadership is thrust upon her, Miss B, Miss B, and. Uh, about three fourths of the book, she starts talking about like, wow, I don't like, it's crazy that everyone's following me and she's getting a little buzz off of that, you know? Uh, right. and even though it comes with a great responsibility, it does come with a great amount of reverence, uh, and worship that, yeah. that the animals start to give her as well. I wonder if that's going to be developed a little bit more in the continuing of the series on here. Yeah, I'm curious because this one ends on such a like sour note. Right. Right. Um, which was really an interesting way to end volume one, right? I'm like, 
perfect way to end. You think of like, if this were an HBO series or whatever, like that's the, that's the very like, it is game. It's like yellow. It's like yellow jackets, baby. (laughs) It's like like that gang of uh, that game of Thrones ending, right? Like, Oh my God, that's the last episode, right? Like a very sort of brutal red wedding ish kind of like thing to kind of like set the stage for like, well, shit, what's going to happen next? They they got exactly what they wanted. But then they, but they threw everything away that they that they they built. Right. It's right. like we got that one thing, but that was that one thing was incidental. Right. And their right. last actions just negate betray everything they've everything. Done, right? And it's this beautiful. You're like, oh no, like, oh, you didn't the get bull it. Won, like you had right? it, yeah. And I felt like okay, the bull's not going to win because how his the his female bull who keeps telling him like go do this, and you're like that's yeah. not going to work. This is yeah. he's going to mess it up. It's not going to happen. Um, but then the other dog, that dog wants to be number one, right? Number two wants to be number one. And so I thought it was very interesting way to kind of, it, it is sort of the machinations of both sides of the side with the bull and the dogs and the side of the rest of the farm animals, seeing how they handle each other right? and seeing how the power moves happen. And you see Miss B and then the goat right? The goat wants to kind of be in charge and wants to take over and she lets him lead a little bit, but then she steps back in and kind of, you know what I mean? Like you see that them sort of jockeying for who's going to control the mob. Right. And then you have sort of the, the floundering aspect of like, how does the government deal with this? An inept the invisible, the invisible rules and the ones that were willing to bend and the ones that were not willing to bend. Uh, Right. And uh, things like, oh, you know, like, well, what if we just gather some? It, so there, the, let's say this, we're kind of dancing around the 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 thing on here is that one of their main ways that these issues show revolt is uh, the all the animals have to use their quote unquote free time to gather logs yeah. uh, and bring right. to the storehouse, but then they have to pay for those logs with buttons. Um, so they have to pay for the own their own wood that they're getting to keep them warm. So their main revolt is like, all right, we will follow the rules. We will use our free time to gather those logs. However, we will refuse to pay our own money for those logs. So most yeah. of these issues kind of follow. I feel like this first attempt is this. And I think through the series, you're probably going to get like, that was this attempt at it. Now we're going to use a different strategy. Like, right, and they'll, it'll it... probably pull from history, like different strategies right. that actual leaders used. Yeah, I um let's talk characters in here because there's, yeah, there's, there's a much cast as you, yeah. of animal characters um with some very sort of like there's the main ones, right? So you've got the little rat, I don't remember his name. Uh Al is Alizar. Alizar, yeah. Uh you've got Miss B, Miss Bangalore, the 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 cat with her kittens. You've got Caesar, the rabbit. Um, you've got the goat and the donkey are kind of big players. And then on the on the bull side, Daisy you got, the chicken, oh duck, Daisy that was a big duck. one. Um, well, she dies right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the other side, you've got Silvio, his female cow, and then you've got um, the two main dogs, right? Number one and number two, um, kind of running the show. And then a whole bunch of other characters who are kind of ancillary and in there, but play a piece of it. Um, out which character did you kind of enjoy their their path or what they brought to the story which which one do you think well, you really 
I mean, as much as like my favorite character, as opposed to the one that I felt like is most crucial, I think Silvio is, I mean, there's nothing special about him constructed as a villain. He's kind of the archetype, like villain in a castle tower. However, because he's a bull, and this is where the art comes into this, because of the uh, aesthetic design of Silvio as this massive hulking bull, it was truly a terrifying image that when coupled with the classic like villain in a tower structure made him really terrifying. Like in order for this to work, you, I feel like you have to be as terrified and helpless as these animals. These are all tiny animals. Like the, the, all the resistance has are a couple of goats. Those are their biggest, <laughs> a goat and a donkey, right? Yeah. Like a goat and a donkey are, are their biggest like animals versus a giant bull and like, pit bulls and you know like all these crazy dogs and yeah. you look at this this bull and it really is this uh manifestation of physical power right of physical power like you just can't like even if we had 20 ducks we're not taking down that bull you know so yeah. as far as the characters the necessity of that one i felt like was really important what about you? What, what's the character that you've uh, gravitated to, or just liked, or? I th- I think one of the I think one of the funnest characters is it, like Caesar is yeah. one of the funny ones, right? Yeah, like yeah. he adds that bit of humor, and he is sort of the court jester for the the you know the resistance, right? He's trying to keep spirits up, uh, but he's sneaky in a way that is very helpful, right? Yeah. yeah. Like without him, kind of prodding Miss B none of this would really be happening. He's like, right? he's the Clark Gable, both like Hitchcock's Clark Gable or like that, like hero Clark Gable and also like the romantic comedy lead Clark Gable. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. even got the little mustache and he's the ladies man. He can I, play. I do, I, yeah. Like she comes up to, so the way he makes money is by making sweet love to other yeah. rap. <laughs> and they pay him in carrots or whatever. And then one of the, one of my favorite scenes is like the cat comes up and he's like, sorry, I don't do cats. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a very like matter of fact thing. I thought that was very, I thought that was very, I, that's a fun character. Well, um, also that character too, when I'm reading it at first, I didn't trust the character and maybe I should, right. maybe they're building up for like a long uh, betrayal, but they, they, cause he, he kind of shifts really quickly into being like, I'm helping for like no particular reason than the goodness of my heart. And I right. was like, I don't trust you, rabbit. <laughs> right. What's with that? Um, I I really did sort of, I, I dug sort of the, um, the, I thought the cast characters, even the, even the dogs, right. Like who are supposed to be these evil, evil things. One of them is very bad. Number, yeah, number one, one, very bad. Gets his eye gouged out. Right. Like, Number two, though, you can see that he might be the one that turns, right? Because he's right. got puppies at home, right? Like, yeah. he's so very close. Like, you feel it that he's so very close to turning and joining their side. But then he has that spark of how do I get to be in a bigger position? Yeah. And how do I get rid of my competition? And how do I win this? Right. And he manages to, he manages to use, like, his desire to be higher up to also push the efforts of Silvio forward yeah. and get, get, you know, this big ending. Yeah. It, 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 are you watching succession? Do you, are you everyone's watching? I have not succession? watched succession. Yeah. I've never it, watched it. I've heard the, it's good. The, the beats, like the, what you gravitate to in this story is like the machinations. 
You're like, yeah. oh, that is that is even though it's evil as shit, that is yeah. the probably Clever. the most efficient I, way to 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 handle yeah. that. And I think that's what people gravitate to to succession is like these unlikable characters making really bad like like evil moves but like clever moves that's a great term yeah, to use like yeah. we we like cleverness whether it's good or evil we're just like we can we can acknowledge a good move when it's played yeah i think one of the scenes that's really interesting that kind of points at sort of the i had mentioned before like the the occasional satire or whatever this is like in this world the bull trades with humans yes right which is weird I'm trying to like wrap my head around like, okay, it's not an allegory, right? Because it's not, not everybody's an animal, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like the animals don't talk to the humans, right? But right. They, because the there animals... are, an, there are humans in, in animal farm. Yes. And it is very much that, but it's, it's interesting. So you have, I think one of the, one of the funniest thing is you see the bull walking around with all these metals and the first issue, yes. right? And you're like, that's very sort of like dictatory, yeah. like you said, like uh, Mussolini, yeah, yeah, like Mussolini or what was his name, Muammar Gaddafi, yeah. right? Very much that sort of fascist, dictatory, military dictator thing. And then he gives all this stuff to this human, and in exchange, the human gives them champagne. And by stuff, we mean like uh, one, all like the 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 product of all the animals planting and harvesting, yeah. and also all the dead corpses of the animals that they kill for disobedience to the rules, which is yes. dark. Yes, which is very dark. Uh, and then the the farmer or whoever he's trading with gives him a medal, and is and is like. And the most important thing is for you. This one's beautiful. It shines and impresses the ladies. You can be proud, you beast. He goes, a medal from the agricultural competition in, in Pithers 1907. Like, it's, yeah. it's just hilarious that it's like an agricultural competition medal, right? Like, it's fake. Just like, you know, you think of Saddam Hussein's chest of medals and Gaddafi's chest yeah. of medals. And it's fake. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You didn't get them for anything. And it is very much that sort of satirical jab that i was like okay this is that's that's good i like that a lot plus we can see how like powerless he is in that situation right like he can't even talk to the people in power yeah. right in order to get the things he in order to get champagne and luxury he's tied to making every like everybody else work in order to get the things that he wants. It's this very, I thought it, it's a very well-written book. It is. It is. It, it, it feels, it feels like the start of something bigger. It feels like, even though this is a small story about this re revolution on a farm, it, there's an epicness to it. Um, right. And I think that epicness is achieved by the art. Some, so let's go ahead and shift into talking about yeah. that art. And I don't even know what I mean by that. Like how can, art make a story epic um you know what it, you know what it reminds me of did you ever watch the watership down yeah movie it, it is very it, similar it, to that yeah it looks like watership down and so the animals are very sort of realistic looking but still cartoony enough to exaggerate things about them like there's there's a, a picture of silvio where you can see all of this sort of like wrinkles and stuff in his the muscular in his neck that's very cartoony and very over the top, but it's still very realistic. The, the, the scenes look like fairy tale 
Disney backgrounds at times, right? Like the forest is very sort of... Uh, you know what? I wonder if that's it. I wonder if... I'm looking at the expressions of some of these dogs, which looks like they could be stills from like Fox and the Hound or something Right, like yes, yeah. Or the Robin Hood Fox movie. Um, right. It has very similar pencils in how they were doing that. Uh, this, of course, is much more hatched and things. But uh, I wonder if that is... I wonder if my brain connects some of those lines to these larger, more universally known fables and epic fables that it's just hitting some button in my brain that means like if it looks like that it means it's something epic going on <laughs> but it also feels like it looks like fievel goes like an yeah. american tale or yep. fievel goes west it's that sort of like that the era Bluth. yeah yes that's that era of animation that era of cartooning or like the secret of nim right like the rats of, I was like that say whole, secret of nim earlier yeah it, it feels very much like all of that uh what's the one with the wrath that 80s, Sherlock Holmes? 80s right? mature in both its writing yes. and its style. Where you're just yes. like, this is if this was a movie, it'd be the movie your parents rent because they think it's for kids. The black cauldron, right? But, like, but then feels... you watch it and you're like, um, no one's in this room with me. Should I be like that duck just got nailed to that door right? and its guts are out. Yes. Um I the art's fantastic. The watercolory coloring of it is great. Um, it feels all very, the animals are super expressive too. Yes, like the, yes. the, the, the emotions, cause that's gotta be hard. Cause we're not just dealing with like, it's not stray dogs. We're like, Hey, once I figure out like how to, to show emotions with a dog with a nose, I can kind yeah. of just kind of play that out with the other dogs here. It's like, how do I do that with a duck? How do I do that with a rat? How do I do that with a donkey? I have to figure out how each of these separate animal species can emote anatomically in a human a human way which it can never do officially so i have to break the suspension of reality as an artist to do that that must have been a real right. challenge for for them yeah I, I would love to see sort of like the um the the sheets where you're i don't know if it's in if it's it in is. the back it's matter in the, with what you've got the back, like yeah. the testing out of the animals like it's he, the artist does a really great job of like getting those expressive faces, even on a stupid rooster, right? You can see a rooster look smug somehow. Like you, they do this job. What do you, of, you, 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 you dabble in, in doodles. Uh, what do you think would be the hardest animal in here to draw? Like anatomically or expressive wise? I think like the, the goats, because they have that weird long face. Or I think a duck. that's what I think that's what he's had the hardest time with is the a ghosts. duck or a, the the I don't know. Then I think of like Daffy Duck as or Donald. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the goat. But then the goat is such a weird looking animal, anyways. Right. And when he when he shows that, you get the scene where the goat's dead. The the one goat's wife dies in the cold after being bit, and that is it's, such like a like. You see his the like face, like, yes. like and the blowing in the wind, like a samurai goat warrior. Yeah, um, very, very good. The pigs all... are the pigs are freaking adorable. The, the little bows in their like, yeah. they're like they're like doing the nails of the of the heifer. Like it's very good. It's all good. Um, the art is fantastic. The scenery is beautiful. Um, it does this thing where it gives you just enough detail that you feel like. It's a forest, right? But we're not going to draw every leaf. We're going to do that thing where we, like, it's a very 
Disney or Bluth cartoony thing. It, I, it's just very good. And then when he has to get brutal, when there's a duck nailed to a door, when there's all of the animals brutally sort of murdered, laying out on the uh, on the concourse, when there is a, you know, um, the the biting of the dogs attacking. Like, it's all very very good, fantastic art. Just pretty. Any of these, like, there are several pages where I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to have, right? Like, yeah. that'd be fun to have on my wall. Um, and one other thing, just to get back to the writing quick, there is a ton of dialogue. A ton of dialogue. But it never feels like a slog. I agree with you that this is a two reading. This probably, I wouldn't have been, it took me two time, two nights, uh, or a night in the morning. I wouldn't have read it in one sitting, because it is dialogue heavy yeah but it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like homework if that makes no sense. no no and it is like we t- we were talking about this before and we're gonna put this out there because hey if you if you're not aware of this be on the lookout for it lately on um amazon and kindle uh we've been noticing that some of these trades i think they i think they went up a little bit price and the pr- pr- trades have been a little bit pricier at least in the last yeah. couple of books that we've read now they have been a little bit more independent print. Well, I guess not. Last Powerbomb was Image. Last time was Image, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was an oversized seven issues or something like that. Yeah, so, but... and so I thought that was a, a one-off. But this other, this was also a little bit pricier in the, in the 20s. Uh, but if you look at individual issues and you just buy like the five individual issues of like Powerbomb or this, you actually save about five bucks. Now, as you see, you don't get the preface. You don't get the extra yeah. art in the back or the variants. But I don't know. Is that worth six bucks to you? Yeah, I have no idea what the other covers look like. But I do. I did get the same uh, for three issues in a row. Um, Life Zero number one, a three-page preview for a couple issues. Oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> Something I don't want to read. But like oh. another, like here's another ablaze comic, and here's some pages of it in the back. Um, but oh yeah, of course it wouldn't. Um, that wouldn't make any sense. To the trade. Let's ra- let's wrap. Let's wrap our conversation, Travis. It, it, the art's great. The story's very good. I'm going to, like, I don't, we always read a lot of volume ones on this. We don't always get to volume twos, but I think I'm going to check out volume two. I think I'm definitely going to check out volume two. Um, uh, I, I really enjoy this. I'd, I don't know that I'd want it to go past volume two. I would like it to wrap up in 10 issues, right? 10 or 12 issues. I have a hard time committing to like 20 issues of it of something like this but two I, volumes i think, I, would be good. I, think two vo- I think two volumes would have, been, would have been nice 10 issues if in this issue it wasn't all just the wood thing we saw the wood thing and how that panned out and then like yeah. the beginning of a second attempt because i think i like that rule of three like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna show you three different non-violent approaches and the the pluses and minuses of taking that approach like what what you're gonna have to like I, I like the idea of Well, we we get the buildup of this, right? Like the yeah. painting of the daisy, you get the you know, you get the small gestures, the leaflets. I thought that was really clever. Just yeah. to, an aside, I know we're gonna wrap it up, but I, yeah. the leaflets, actual leafs. Yeah. Like they're was, dropping. I didn't leaflets even catch that. I, like the pun, but you're right. Yes, that's <laughs> uh, it was very it was very good. Um so Travis, like who what oh, can I change can panel? I change can I, yeah. oh favorite panel is uh uh we kind of uh mentioned the other ones before uh so i'm going to oh here it is 
this is, oh, in the volume, it's page 91, so it's probably like issue four. Anyways, I'll describe it for you. It's the top of the page. Um, the uh, Caesar uh, and the two kittens are moving their little box into the thing, and we see the cold... Uh, snow flying on them. We see them pulling this box. We see the struggle yeah. of it. Um, I really like that because I, I like, I don't I like to see animals suffer, Josh. But like, <laughs> I, I truly felt horrible for these animals. And it was like, yes. come on, you can go. Keep going. One more day. We're almost there. And then like, I think it was these panels and the expressions that they had on them. When she's lifting the, the goat, trying to get the yeah. goat to go. That's another really good scene when she's about to pay for that twig with her buttons and then she doesn't have to like that. You can see it. She doesn't really want to do it Uh, for me. I'm going to cheat. It is the scene after the, the Dobermans and the dogs have attacked. It's that first attack and you have the duck and you have the duck and the uh, cat kind of in the middle of all the, the animal gore after the attack. Um, It's, First volume, uh, page 18 yeah, in the first volume, in the uh, issue one, page 18 in the digital reader, um, or no, 23, I'm sorry, page 23. Um, it ends that, the next page is when you see the duck stake to the wall, right? Like that's the next page. Um, so it's yeah, that. because then we see that, that same wall later with the actual daisy painted on Yes. And I think working... It's it's gory at first. You're like, oh, this seems like unnecessarily gory. But then 40 pages later, you see the daisy on there. And you're like, oh, that's actually like a beautiful, right? Yeah, way to show that. Right. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Who do you recommend this to? Let me add, let, let's change it yeah. up. I'm gonna ask you okay. this. Uh, would you instead of who you recommend it to? Uh, would you would you use this as a teaching aid of any kind? Um, or is it too much? I think as a as a as a history teacher, it would have been hard because it's not about a specific event. Mm. Um, as a government teacher, I think you could use it to kind of explain political unrest and political, um, you know, how do you fight the system, right? I think as an English teacher, it would be a good way to teach um, allegory or fable or anything like that. I mean, it's a little gory, but for high school kids, and I think yeah. about it like I'd let Renner read this. He's in, yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah. He's a sixth grader. Like, I don't think there's anything too terrible in it. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think it would be a good. One. What about you? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, there's a couple of things like the 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 bull mounting scenes. And yeah, stuff right. Like that, that's like, like one. Whatever you know, like everything is that's going to be good. It's going to have some that stuff in it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, what a what a what a nice companion piece to Animal Farm, right? Animal like, Farm. like because instead of showing them like, oh, we read Animal Farm, here's the graphic novel or the movie about Animal Farm. Here's something similar that takes, and then you can have the conversation like, what does it do different, right? Yeah. If you really want to talk I about would do small groups, and then you'd have one doing Animal Farm, one Watership Down, and one this. Uh, yeah. and then talking about like, okay, we're, we're talking the same story here. How yeah. are we like, which one's the more powerful and why, or what do we get from this one? What do we lose from this one? I think it could be a really cool teaching age. I mean, I would have, if someone gave me this to read in high school, I'm like, we're going to talk about it. I'm like, yes. oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, great book. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think that's what we've got, Travis. Yeah. 
Go that check was a it good out. one, man. I tell you what, man. 2023, we, we are, read some. We are read some stack this year coming into good, it, man. Good books. Good. I books. know. I, some years we don't do like the the book of the year because maybe we didn't read enough, or maybe we read too much of the same kind of yeah. thing. But um, or sequels to stuff we've we've read. I think. Yeah. I mean, we're at between like Power Bomb and this, and we did a started off with another Brew Baker one. I mean, just whew. Uh, Red Sonia was in there. It's a, this is a good good year of reading. If you because yeah. you and I think of everything in school years, right? Yeah, that, yeah. From we if you think about it in school years, from last summer to now, we've read some of the best books we've read in a long time. Yeah. It's if you a, could put them all down, it definitely has been that. Um, all right, so, so but we're gonna coming, we're moving on to a, a new thing, which yeah, we don't we've, know. Well, <laughs> we've we've got a, you know, Travis and I try to find a way to kind of get our summer reading in. What do we want to do? What's the theme? What do we want to talk about? What are we going to do differently? We've done, you know, uh, we've we've filled in gaps for ourselves. We did DC. We did old Marvel. We checked out all of this stuff, and this summer. We're going to do a super summer. We're going to do a Superman summer where we're going to look at Superman books. And, and we've got a couple on the list. Um, we are going to read uh, Superman for all seasons, right? I think that's the one we're yes. reading. Uh, uh, Superman, Tim Sale. Right yep. Okay. Superman Space Tell, Age. Superman Space Age, which is uh, oh, Madman guy. Why, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, does the art on it. And it's eluding me, but uh, Supergirl, I think Woman of Tomorrow. Woman of Tomorrow. Um, Jimmy Olsen, uh, who killed Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, so we've got we've got four Superman books that we're gonna do over the summer. Try to dive into Superman and the Superman fa- family. We're yeah. gonna do an older. We're gonna do a sort of classic, um, and by classic I mean not super classic, but a. A Superman story that everybody says, right? There's a handful of them that people say, you've got to read this one. We've done Red Sun. We've done Death of Superman before, but we're going to read Superman, uh, Superman for all seasons. Get that Tim Sale. Yeah. We're going to be talking about this next episode. So yeah. So next episode, we're going to talk about this, but I just want to let you know, summer's coming. So next episode on our variant, we're going to talk Superman, why and what we're reading. I love it. All right. I love it. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. You can find the the uh, podcast at ComicExposure.com, your favorite podcast app. Like, rate, review, all that jazz. Uh, and we'll see you next trade.